Time management is about integrating every part of our life and knowing exactly who we are working backwards to become. And I know that sounds so silly because it's like, oh, can you manage your time? But what happens is that if we don't have a vision of who we want to become, we're just trying to really hustle. We're just like, okay, I got to pack this in today. I got to pack this in today. As opposed to, no, that's not the woman I want to become. Hello, Fempreneurs. Before we dive into this interview with January Donovan, I want to let you know about something brand new and extremely awesome that you can check out at femteam.com. If you're the kind of woman who has a mile long list of to do's when it comes to growing your business, but you keep pushing things off because it doesn't seem like it would be fun or you don't know where to start, or you're looking down at that list of to do's and you're not really sure which thing is the most important thing to do first. Fem Team is where you want to be. This is a community of women who are working through four modules, my lead generation system, all laid out for you step-by-step with video instructions, checklists, the works, and a community of women who are doing the steps too. So you'll also have access to me. So we'll be doing a little bit of video training from time to time. You can chat with me, um, send me questions. I've also got an alumni team that's there to support you. So everything is there for you. So go to femteam.com and check it out. And let's dive into today's episode. Just fast forward, I want to say it was probably 18. I had a mentor, it's probably the lowest part of my life, who I met my freshman year in college and my first month. And she said, January, what kind of a woman do you want to be? And I remember laughing, Lindsay, like, I didn't really know you have an option. And I really remember just sort of that nervous laugh. And she said, let's design you. And so for three and a half years, I met with her almost every single month, handed over my homework. And she said, work backwards from the woman you want to become. She gave me homework. My first homework was to make my bed every single day before. I actually went to the bathroom to feel accomplished. Um, Plan, prepare, and meditate for an hour every morning at 4.30 in the morning, which I did most of my college life, which is, I think, was literally because of her accountability. I know it's wild. And the third one was to get rid of comparison and competition. And so for three and a half years, she trained both my mindset and skill set that I didn't really realize the gift and the privilege she gave me. I was just hungry for training. And so that really, uh, you know, I would say gave birth to my vision is to really say women today really lack access to a practical training of skills that I think we need to design a wholesome life, a beautiful life, a peaceful life. And I've, so I've spent really the last 20 plus years training women for the first 15 years for free. I didn't charge a dime. I was just... I was just really indebted. And, but what I realized is women don't pay, they don't pay attention. And my husband one day, you know, I I just served and served and served, which is, that's what I'm doing. And she said, if you want to reach, you know, thousands or millions, and obviously I said, well, millions, I believe in this work. I've seen the transformation of every part of women's life. And she said, you need to build a business. And I knew nothing about business. (laughs) And at that point, I think I had like five children, I can't remember, you know, and so, I started from growing up and really, you know, um, I always say there's no such thing as overnight success, but, you know, we went to 40 countries in just under three years. And, but I had really studied business for the last 10 years and it seemed like, so I would say my passion, my, you know, the business started because I just saw the pain. I had a front row seat to women's pain. And what I had was practical, real training and decision-making on learning distinction goal setting and dreaming and scripting on hundreds of skills Mm -hmm. that you don't get anywhere. 
if you do, you get bits of pieces, which is part of the problem. It's exhausting to even try. And so I tell women, it's not about knowing, it's about being and being, it's about conditioning. Um, so, so to me, my passion came, you know, this business really came because I just believe in this work so much. And I, I'm, you know, um, we now have a coaching department. We now have the man school. We now have the you know, Espanol. And um, I, I feel like it's a business that everybody wins because while you're training other women, you get access to your own training. And I learned that, that you grew up in the Philippines. 11 years. For the first 11 years, which I'm so, yeah, I'm so grateful for. And, you know, I, my mom, actually, I was, I'm writing, I'm speaking, privileged to speak with Ed Milet in the end of the month and, and John Maxwell. And I'm preparing my speech, which I, you know, don't actually really love to speak, but I was just writing my speech. And it really was about my mom who was raised in the slums of the Philippines and at seven years old had to sell peanuts so she could help her parents or actually her seven siblings make money. And so I was reflecting on how ungrateful I was as a woman because really entrepreneurship mm -hmm. became a survival for her. And she learned how to build a business selling peanuts and then, you know, really from ground up to from nothing to then, you know, building a business to being successful in the Philippines and not successful in the U.S. And I always resisted entrepreneurship and I didn't realize how ungrateful I was that that woman, a seven year old girl, changed her whole entire generation because of entrepreneurship. So I just, yeah, took me a while to get it. <laughs> realize the depth of what entrepreneurship is. It's not really just about making money so much more. It's really about what money does to, to you know, for generations to come. And that's, that's what I'm really, truly grateful for. That's amazing. For. And so you have eight children and your mom's from eight children. My mom is one of seven oh. and she's from steps three. So my dad's one of 10 and my mom's one of 10. It's just sort of, you know, kind of Filipino, culture back then so i didn't you know i i have eight oh. um, but i'm only one of three so my husband's wow 11. i know it's wild it wasn't sort of we didn't really you know think of it that way to be honest i had such great training from elena my mentor i talk about her in the book that motherhood to me was not it wasn't challenging at four under four i mean you have hard moments but she prepared me without me realizing I had to time myself when I cleaned the kitchen. I had to learn how to manage my mind and to learn how to command my emotions, things that I believe every mother and every entrepreneur ought to have training that I remember thinking, why is motherhood seem so hard? And why, you know, I couldn't, you know, I was training women and I wasn't a mother then. And I realized women have no access to training. Mothers have no access to training, which overwhelm really comes from being underskilled. And that's what we teach in the women's school. And I, that's why I believe in what I do, because I think our dreams and our callings are halted simply because right. there's no access. So you are speaking at a very exciting event at the end of this month with, you said, Ed Milet, John Maxwell, someone else. I can't remember the other one. Anthony Truck is a great lineup of people, um, you know, Amber Lago, And I just admire them. And to be honest, I, it's not... I'm a, I'm a teacher and I'm a trainer. And so speaking to me is, yeah, it's, it's something that I, I, I have to do, but I'm like, it's a full day workshop. I want, I want training when I, you know, the teacher in me comes out and says, I can't just give you 20 minutes. 
I feel like I'm robbing you. Like we need, I want women to walk out and say, this is how you make decisions. There's three types of decisions. This is how you manage, you know, overwhelm. There's three seasons in our life. And so to me, it's like, oh, we're not giving enough, you know, training. But um, I'm, I'm really grateful for, you know, the opportunity to be able to, I think, share the stage with men right. and women that I deeply We've got a comment saying, please save this. Um, all of these episodes, these interviews I do with Fempreneurs actually go on to the Fempreneur podcast. So you can check that out on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the top podcast players. This conversation will end up there in about two to three weeks. So I love that you said that. Thank you for the comment. And yeah, you're sharing so much powerful stuff right now, January. Thank you so much again for agreeing to be here and share your wisdom. I want to talk about time management for a moment. It sounds like that was a really key tool in your tool belt, not only going into motherhood, but then going into starting your business. Could you give some tips and tricks on time management or even just a glimpse into what you do that works for you? Yeah, so when I... I think of time management, I think of two things. I think mind manage and skill acquisition. Now let me explain. A lot of times, so much of us, we're trying to sort of manage time, but we don't have boundary skills. It doesn't work. We're trying to pack in as many uh, things as we want, but we don't have decision-making skills. So here's the thing. We have to see time and my, uh, time management as learning how to actually build skill set that's actually gonna help us manage our time better, but more importantly, learn how to manage our mind. Because when, you know, when you've got so many things to manage from you as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a single woman, as a volunteer, if we lack the basic skill set of maybe seeing the good in situation, maybe learning how to pivot, which is a skill we teach, you're constantly getting pummeled, right? So what do I do? I keep it very simple, which is not easy. I think simplicity actually is, is all of, ought to be all of our geniuses. I think so. I say no 90% of the time. I plan out very strategically what my goals are every, every month, every quarter, and that I know how to say no to. And also I leverage what I mean by that is that I'm, I manage my home like I manage my business. I ask for help. I know who to find help. My children are, it's like a well-oiled machine. They know, you know, um, everybody has to contribute. It's a form of contribution to help at home. I have help. So I, um, I say that if I'm stuck, you know, with I don't have enough time, it's either because I don't have the right strategy, I don't have the right people, I don't have the right mindset. So I just go back into, okay, you know, what do I need to learn? so that I can overcome this hump. But I think, Lindsay, the biggest thing that I see with time management is that we have to design every part of our life very intentionally. And what I mean by that is, you know, I I've talked to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of women I speak to, but it's, we get tunnel vision because we're not trained. And so we try to make money, but we're not paying attention about our, our, our nutrition, mm -hmm. our physical health, our friendship. What is the purpose of friendship, right? our intimacy, that sacred space, our environment. And so it's, if we're, we're trying to build a business and manage our time, we can't do that unless we manage every part of our life very intentionally. Like I can't just focus on sales and not focus on marketing or my team, right? You have to see it very integratedly. And that's the word is that time management is about integrating every part of our life and knowing exactly 
who we are working backwards to become. And I know that sounds so silly because it's like, oh, can you manage your time? But what happens is that if we don't have a vision of who we want to become, we're just trying to really hustle. We're just like, okay, I got to pack this in today. I got to pack this in today. As opposed to, no, that's not the woman I want to become. I don't want to just pack everything throughout the day. You know, I want to be able to build a multi-million dollar business that reaches millions but without ever losing my peace of mind without ever losing the joy or doing the things that are most important to me. And I think that requires not just time management skill, but so much more. And that's where the roadblock with a lot of time management skill that everybody has is that all these skills are interconnected. So to manage your time without learning boundaries or decision-making, we end up in the same place. And I love how you take women who have um, a vision for their life that maybe isn't super clear but they know that they're capable of more than what they're currently doing and living and embodying and you help them identify clearly where they want to go so that they can manage their time to get there and I think that's a big part of yeah. where women get they get confused they, they label it as time management issues but really it's a lack of a clear path that they they can't even really see where they're going because they're saying yes to everything things are getting thrown in their path all the time and so i love that the first thing you started with was you say no to 90 percent of things so when you were asked to speak at this conference or when the opportunity came up this conference that you're speaking at soon how did you know that was a definite yes compared to other things that were on your plate or coming into your world yeah um because I, you know, the vision of the company was clear. And so we, you know, I, I know what this year's vision is and what next year's vision is and three years from now. So I knew that this year is a year of publicity for us. And so I, you know, I, I had to say, yes, I knew you, 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 it's almost like, you know what you need to do. You just need to find the courage to sort of make those important decisions. Um, and I also want to just say a lot of it really, you know, is boiled down to our skill level. You know what I mean by that is um, I had to go back to my, you know, my decision-making skill. You know, not, not all, we make 35,000 decisions a day. Not all decisions are equal. And we need to know the three types of decisions. Otherwise, how can I make the decisions so, so big and not, you know, identify? So, um, yeah, I, I think... I think as an entrepreneur, there's risk, to be honest. Like I made that decision knowing, okay, this is what seems to be in alignment, but there's always risk. And I think part of the the skill that we teach is being friendly with error, meaning we have to learn how to fail and we have to learn to be able to say like, okay, maybe I, maybe I would have wrong, made the wrong decision, you know? And um, so I think that was part of, is that where there was, you know, I made that decision in freedom, knowing, well, it might be the bad decision, it might be a good decision, I don't know. But what brought that decision actually was that I was I had, was slated to write a book for this upcoming year. But because I was speaking in a big stage, you know, with really one of my top three favorite mentors is that I had to finish writing the book. And I, I was like, it's not in my docket for the end of the year. Like I literally, you know, we were introducing, you know, um, a whole new coaching department and it was... And so we had to slide that in like an entrepreneur. You're like, you know, you're, you're just like, so I literally had at September to write the outline. I hired myself a coach. I had October to write the book and I got the manuscript at the end of October. We had to get it down by December and said it was so bad. I had to rewrite the book from scratch. Had three weeks to do it. I mean, 
And so you could scream, cry for like five minutes, I, and then you get to work. I was just going to ask you my next question on like and the list back. was what is what is one of the biggest challenges you've ever faced in your business that you've overcome? It kind of sounds like that might be on the list. Oh, I'll tell you one of the biggest challenges that I can't say I've overcome, but I continue to overcome is managing critics, and I've had to do it. Um, and and I, you know, um, writing writing for me doing something that you know is a short amount of time i i always tell you know um, women when you design a life that is whole you can do things that are challenging and when you know how to pivot and you learn that skill it, it things like this doesn't have to throw you off but we all have things that i think are challenging and for me it's um two things it's it's managing critics I think is challenging for me. And it's not so much the critics that are surrounding right. out to the people that, that care about their opinion deeply. Hurt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That. And so I think there's always layers of that because I think we live in a culture where we're conditioned to prove and please. So we have to really be vigilant, including myself, even though I teach it, I have to stay vigilant and saying, who am I trying to please? What happens if I flop the book or I flop the speaking? Am I going to feel like a failure? Or am I going to say, you know what? Just one thing, detach from the outcome, keep going and growing. So it's, you know, having these skills. And I think um, the second thing, to be honest, is my biggest challenge is that I love being Obviously, eight children later, don't right? Like... <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, it's, 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 um, it's a challenge to be away from my children when I speak. I'm going to New York for a CBS, ABC, you know, interview. I'm going to obviously be away. So I, um, my comfort zone is my home and it's not the same for every woman. And I, you know, what's out of my comfort zone is to actually be out in public and doing this. And you know, and my, my, my friends laugh, it's like January, I'm the opposite. And, and I think everyone just has that, you know, different, I would be so happy writing books and training all day from the comfort of my home, but we can't live in the comforts of our life, you know? Um, so that, to me, I think <clears throat> it's a challenge. And I think it's a challenge for every woman. And so I'm constantly recalibrating my mind, my schedule, my rhythm of life to accommodate the different seasons because I have 15 all the way up to two years old. So, <clears throat> you know, I always say, I'm like, I, you know, for me, what's important is that I, what good is me is, you know, making millions. And I feel like right. my children are not disciplined or that I have and actually invested in my marriage of 16 years which is I have such a great you know beautiful husband who actually you know is in the business with me so I, I have to be so vigilant and I tell women you know it has to be designed intentionally and the bottom line is that we 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 intentionally grow in our layers of discipline to be able to kind of you know manage the continuous demands of our life uh, and I tell women, the life you want, you can have if you're willing to train up for it. It's not handed for you. And it's not, you know, I think we look at sometimes social media and like, look what they have, look what they have. And I always say, behind that woman is a woman that has worked hard somehow in her to achieve mm -hmm. that level of freedom or whatever. And has had a ton of support, um, right? And who has, who has sought out the right people, the right teammates, you know, organizations like yours, courses like yours. Yeah, but I think even that, to be honest, like, that's a massive skill set. You know, I didn't build a bit. I, I didn't, I didn't grow up. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't in it for the business. So I had so much and still so much to grow of like, you know, I, we lost half yeah. a million dollars last year of bad hires. And I'm like, well, I could cry about it, which, you know, or yeah. I could say, 
I actually need to scale up because these are, you know, I, I was, I, I take full responsibility. And so these things are real. And, and you, you realize, I think that as an entrepreneurship, really what we are called to is to lead, lead ourselves, lead people around us into influence. And, uh, you know, bottom line is learning to have the humility to, to start. Right. And to believe in your big mission and your big dream, you know, that the work you're doing is valuable and that these women need you. So you push through these challenges and you just listed off so many big challenges that I feel like a lot of women or just entrepreneurs, whatever their sex <laughs> would have stopped in their tracks and maybe taken a year or two and went and got a job for a while and take a breather. And no, you push through. So that is really inspiring to hear. Well, th thank you. I, I say that, you know, I, it doesn't happen overnight. I think the skill level, I tell, you know, it's okay to want to quit. And I think when we're there, maybe sometimes, depending on the circumstances, we don't always know, you know, sometimes the best decision, but, mm. but don't quit on your dreams. Like, you know, because sometimes we need to pivot, you know, like I had baby number six and seven, I was like, I got to take a step back for a little bit or whatever it was. And, but I, I, I read this quote yesterday and the founders um, Inc. magazine, I think I, I carry that with me. And it said, just because we're starting mm. small doesn't mean you're yeah. thinking small. And I tell women that all the time, including myself, don't, let go of your big dream because right now you have to take just one step and you only have X amount of followers, you know? And I would say that takes a lot of humility to be able to say, I'm not there yet. Starting again, I flop and have followers. I didn't make whatever. It takes a lot of humility and courage to say, mm -hmm. I didn't arrive, but I'm going to keep at it again because it's my dream I'm fighting for. And I think that's the only difference for women and men, you know, if there are men that are listening here that succeed, is that you just right. keep keep at it and keep up, you know. Um, that's where I am. I always feel like I'm just. I always feel like I'm at the right. bottom of another. And mountain. what would you tell your ten-year um, younger self? I would have probably um, learned to undo some of my limiting beliefs around wealth. That's what I would have done. And um, I think entrepreneurship for me was a challenge initially because I had, I would say, limiting beliefs about what money is, the purpose of money, you know. And so I think there were, if I just had access to somebody, you could say, you know, that money, you can, you should make money and give it away and use it as a form of contribution. I don't think I would have been afraid of it. And if, if, you know, because I was, there were three things I was afraid of with, you know, as an entrepreneur, I said, I never want to be in business with my husband because I always thought that that would ruin your marriage. And that's what I saw. My husband and I are closer than ever now that we built a business together, but that doesn't just happen. I was afraid of it for a long time. And um, I was afraid to be as business as a mom because I would think that being in business would make me a bad mom. And I think it's only made me a better mom, to be honest, because I've had to really take responsibility in my own training. Um, and last is that I didn't want to make a lot of money. <laughs> and I realized is that, you know, money can be such a powerful force for good. And we need good people who make a lot of money to use it for the good. And so I've really flipped my script enough, but I would have told my younger self sooner, just the 
important and the value of an entrepreneurship right. because I would have probably done So it. you would have recognized earlier that you had a bit of a money block there and you had some mindsets around money that were false and you would have worked to correct them sooner. Okay, I love that. I would have been an entrepreneur sooner if I had, you know, I think if somebody would have just, not somebody, but if I really was open to maybe thinking another way. I just think entrepreneurship could solve so much of the problems of the world today. And not only that, solve the problem, but it also solves us. It helps us to become, I think it's the fastest way for us to become who we were created to be because we don't have a choice but take responsibility in the things that we're accountable for. You know, like we have to manage our mind. We have to make our own schedule. We have to persevere and it, there's a reward. So it sacrifices us, but at the same time, the reward is not just material, it's actually interior. It's who we become process is the greatest reward. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's millions of podcasts out there, I think, nowadays. Maybe not millions, but there's probably a lot of podcasts out there that you could be talking on right now, and you're here on the Fempreneur Podcast. So thank you so much for taking this time and just pouring into the hearts and minds of the women that we have listening here and all the work that you're doing. Can you tell us more about how women can be part of the women's school and how you know, we can do the things that you're, you're up to? And, and if there's anything time sensitive that we could take part in, just let us know. Thank you, Lindsay. I'm so grateful. I'm so, I'm really just grateful. I just think there's, you know, I think, I think women are tired of sort of the, the fluff. I think we've arrived where women want depth, they want meaning in this kind of conversation. So thank you for, you know, the privilege. And I think um, the world is right for it. So um, you can find me in januarydonovan.com or at thewomanschool.com on Instagram. And you, you know, can be part of really, I would say the invitation of a mission of training women to live a life that's wholesome and whole. That's really, um, what I tell women, I said, we have to do our part in investing in our own training. And that's, um, I think, you know, invitation for us to actually do our part to serve the next generation of women. I think we need to fight for women. So um, I'd love to invite you to train, you know, yourself, including, you know, for myself, I always say, I'm like, I train myself every day. <laughs> as a mom of eight and as a business owner. So that's an invitation. You can find us in the womanschool.com and go to okay. the, take the wholeness quiz. And the quiz is under, you know, five minutes and give yourself a personal assessment and take a hard look at every part of your life. Your self-image, the opinion that you hold yourself, your health, which is integrated the way we see it, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, your friendship, intimacy, your contribution, which is your extension of your work life, your environment, your wealth, and your family. And so you get a score at the end to see where you are. And it just gives you a quick initial pulse on your integrated self. And um, I think it's a great way for us to, and then from there, you can see. If okay. You and you have a new book as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We are launching yeah. this week. <laughs> Thank you. I, there's so much going on. Um, we are launching, so the book is called mm -hmm. Redefine Success mm -hmm. for Women. And the book really came to me, the title came to me because I feel like today we are conditioned to prove what success looks like. And success has become what we call in the book, the poisonous P. It's based on our production, perfection, power, mm -hmm. prestige, and popularity. 
which pushes women to a point where they are constantly having to prove that they're good enough for all that. And what I tell women is that we know we don't have to sign up to that poisonous metric that's like actually poisoning us against each other and poisoning our fulfillment. And so I, the book is really about redefining success that's unique to you, who you are, your calling, your purpose, and what you want in every part of your life. We don't have to live a life where we're constantly burned out and success is outside of who we are. It's void of fulfillment. I mean, I ask women all the time, what's successful for you? And the answer is always external. It's not based on what we want, you know? And so the book is really, I give women, it's sort of the first beginning of the book is sort of a rally cry and say, listen, we don't have to put up with it anymore. You can redefine what success looks like for you and not only for you, but for you in this particular season in life. Because success for me at five kids is different than success for me with eight, you know, six kids building a business. And I think it needs to be constantly intentionally designed, you know, like kind of like you're modeling your house and remodeling a house. And then the sort of the middle part of the book, I actually give you um, women a complete guidepost on how to design a life that is fulfilling. And I introduced a fulfillment formula, which I use to train thousands of women all over, you know, across 40 countries. And it's a formula we use to design a fulfilling life, which means a life that makes us feel alive, fulfilled, satisfied. And so there's three components. We need a vision because without a vision, we are, right. we are, are all over the place. And we feel restless. Number two, we need to design every part of our life intentionally. So I give them a guidepost to do that. Number three, we need to actually develop who we need to become. And so those are the trifecta and um, or the fulfillment formula. And I give them the how for everyone. And then, you know, at the end, I invite women to really take responsibility for their life of fulfillment. Wow. So that's what the book is. It's launching this week. Uh, that's I know. It's and so it'll be on Amazon probably a week from now, not quite yet. Yes, it will be. Um, we're just waiting for the final, and I think it's it's we're coming in Thursday, so we yeah, can share it with you. Our team can yeah, we'll add it to the show notes for sure. Yeah. We'll add a link to grab it on on Amazon. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. I'm, I'm excited. So I think that my hope for this is that we no longer have to prove ourselves. You know, we can really be so intentional about what success looks like for us and i think that right exactly we've got a comment here i'm so happy to be part of the army thanks january for pursuing your dream so you are doing <laughs> you're doing amazing Thank work you. january you're inspiring so so many women through everything you're doing and again just taking the time away from your eight children and your business to be here with us on this podcast i appreciate it so much Hello, Fempreneurs. This is Laura, producer of the Fempreneurs Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to hang out with Lindsay and I and learn more about marketing, head over to Fem Team. We'd love to help you grow your business. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.